0: Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. All right, today we're going to just mix things up. Oh, you know, because a lot of times we're used to doing things a certain way. For example, we used to go straight into communion. But today I wanted to preach a little bit, talk, or I should say more like teach about some of the details about what it is, um, the importance of what Christ has done for us. Because some things we, we can easily turn anything into a ritual, right? We've done it a numerous amount of time, and then we just expect that uh, it just becomes kind of like a muscle memory. We just take a communion, and we don't even give a thought to it. And today I wanted to talk about some things, and I've been on this role of, uh, I guess, how do I say, some points or practical messages, application messages. And because God is moving us into this season where he wants to, he's already setting it up. People are already hungry. We just need to literally just go out there. The fish is already there. We just need to throw our, uh, cast a line. (laughs) Seriously, people are hungry. And the people that you least expect want to know the truth, right? And it's the truth that sets people free. Amen. Only his truth, not your own truth. We hear this popular word. Most important thing is your truth. There's, that is absolute false (laughs) Doctrines—it <laughs> really is technically turned into a doctrine. Doctrine, because people say, "What's the matter? Is what's true to you?" It sounds pretty, but it's uh, completely against the word of God because only His truth, right? Amen. Even Jesus—and I love that when we had a couple of weeks ago, uh, Sukina was here talking about—even Jesus Himself, He wasn't speaking anything. He says, I, "I i came. I'm not. I'm only speaking the words of the Father." Right? I. He. And he there's even the scripture where it says He's like, "I have much to say, but I." but I'm speaking the words of my father. So God has given us his words and we literally take it and we carry it. And God is behind those words. That's why when we pray for people, it's not because if something's going to happen to me, uh, I mean, oh, what if I pray and they don't get healed? What if I pray and they don't receive the answer? It's his words. So take your, your part, you, out of the formula and say, Lord, those are your words. I'm just speaking them to them, Right. Amen. All right, let's get back. Uh, Let's get into the word. So open up with a prayer. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would touch every heart and, Lord, be able to understand the depths of your sacrifice, Lord, Know what this means to us. What does death of Christ mean to us? What does the resurrection of Christ mean to us, Lord? And I pray that you would just help me deliver this message, Lord, because these are your words, Father God, and in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Uh, When we come to Christ, he washes away our sins. We are aware of that, right? By his blood. Uh, However, the nature of sin, it still continues to dwell within us, right? We're living with this flesh. And while we're here on earth, we have to deal with it, okay? I would say it's our number one enemy. is our own flesh, right? Whether you want to make any uh, goals or change any plans coming up new year, (laughs) what are you going to face? Your flesh, your cravings, late night eatings, whatever it may be, Right? It's just it comes in, in, in between everything in your relationships oftentimes you don't feel like it you don't feel like making it right or you don't feel like talking about it and it's just our flesh and today this is my gonna be focus i try to come up with a message title and i only think of it has nothing to do with the book to kill a mockingbird but <laughs> to kill a mocking flesh because that's what we can easily deal with uh there's no correlation with the book whatsoever as a as a pastor you try to be creative with titles sometimes you just run out of options <laughs> turn to regular literature all right so um so this nature of sin that is within us right it causes us to continually need to come for cleansing and at times it feels like there's almost like a factory inside of us just popping out you know sins just left and right and many christians live sadly they live in that state where uh they're continuously are you know they're working on this and they come back to it and they work on this they get better and they come back to it and the thing is though the issue is the hub central or I should, you know the let's say in military right when they attack they go for headquarters so it's very important to eradicate what is happening in the depths of that where the sin is pumping out right your actions anyways lord help me explain this (laughs) so um there are two major issues in every person's life: the issue of sins, and I'm try to explain to you sins, plural, with an S at the end, right? And then the issue of sin, all right. When we talk about sins, we are uh, we often refer to ungodly things that we think and do, right? Or the attitudes we carry. And however, when we refer to sin, singular sin, okay. It is the flesh or nature in which we were born that produces individual sins. The reason I wanted to talk about this, I know it may seem a little challenging in the beginning because understanding knowledge of something is very important, right? If you get any kind of device and you just look at it and you just, let's say iPad, and you just know how to unlock the iPad. (laughs) Whoa, that's awesome. You know, whatever. But you don't know anything else. You're missing the point of all the rich and all the features that is within it and today i'm trying to uh, do my best to explain something very important when it comes to our nature of sin and because we all struggle with it absolutely every one of us um, is how do i say this are under constant bombardment okay in every area and so but there is victory we all know that there is victory in christ it's not a we can't do it on our own let's set us straight we can't do it on our own we can only deal with Him, Amen. So, to kill mocking flesh, Romans. Let's go to Romans chapter six. I'm going to read one through seven, and we're going to do Matthew twenty six, twenty eight after that. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ has raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified. Again, notice the for we know. It's about knowing. Okay. Okay. That our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That way we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And it will make more sense to you. Like dying, how do we die? How do we become a dead man? (laughs) Lord help me. Matthew chapter twenty-six, verse twenty-eight. For the for this is my blood of a new covenant which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. We quote that scripture a lot uh, every time we partake in communion. This is why I believe it's so important. um, And it's just so much more than just wearing a cross on your neck, right? More than a pendant. Uh, But the cross provided the blood of Christ, which cleanses us, right, from the sin, but it also removes sin. All right. I'm going to make a few points and hopefully this will bring some results because this, when we understand that, this will result in the following. And at point number one, Jesus' uh, Jesus's blood clears our record with God, okay? So God needed the blood to satisfy the righteous demands of his, uh, of his justice because God's, that's God's standard. He didn't change it for anybody, right? Even for himself. So That's why, in order for that to happen, it needed to be through the blood, okay? So, I'm going to do my best to explain about this. So, when we're, have any of you used, obviously, all of us use calculator, unless maybe you're a Uh, (laughs) one-year-old. But, um, how many of you, when you started the long formula, right, you're going, you're going, and then midway through it, you just, you get off by one number, right? What happens? (laughs) What do you have to do, right? The calculator... Um, at least, maybe to my understanding, standard calculator does not have a feature to go back into three steps back and delete one section, right? right? You have to hit the clear button. So, once you mess up, you can't fix it, you just gotta clear it. In the same way, God used the blood of His Son, uh, Christ Jesus, to, cl- to hit that clear button for us. Yeah. It's, it's amazing because God understands us too so that we cannot do it on our own. So, that's the challenge we face we come to these uh i don't how I say these ruts keep going going back to this and back to this and like lord how do i do it it's understanding true understanding of the power of the cross and with god's help it will make a little bit more sense here soon all right so it's because the blood of jesus christ god does not look at us as uh as, as sinners he looks at us as children literally it's like imagine there's okay so we're on one side there's God over here and if we're next and we would burn immediately because of his righteousness his holiness and Jesus stands there as as if this lens and God is looking at us and he sees us as his children right he's he does he, he can't he does not see sin through that lens of Christ that's if we are behind Christ amen praise God all right in the same way Alright, so we go into the point number two. Jesus' blood cleanses my conscience. So this is one way that God uses our conscience to speak to us. And oftentimes before God is, wasn't, you know, in our lives or ruling in our hearts, we would try to figure things out on our own. All right. And it's oftentimes that impacts our conscience. And then we then we start putting that conscience aside, like eh, not a big deal, not a big deal. They deserve it. And all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're doing it on our own, right? But what, what Jesus' blood does, it clears our conscience, all right? So Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serving the living God? So even after you receive forgiveness of your sins, uh, things that you may have stro- struggled, self-condemnation, um, in other words, you have peace with God but not with yourself. Times a lot of times that's what happens. You're like, "Lord, I know that I'm saved, but all of a sudden, you feel this self-condemnation, right? Like, ah, I I suck. Like, I can't figure this out." Um most of us I've never struggled with guilt until God was introduced in our lives, right? So, when we were lost, our conscience was dead. In other words, we were like we we're like it, God brought this lens to us that all of a sudden we are, when it says when you're seated in the heavenly realms, right, our perspective of this world changes. Last couple of weeks I've I've shared about that. And so, and that's why a lot of times we were like living in sin. We're like, we even enjoyed sin because our conscience was like in a whole different level. When Christ comes, he touches our conscience. Does that make sense? All right. But now being alive in Christ our conscience is quickened it's it's sharp it almost like it it starts disliking sin right and some of us sometimes we feel like hey my conscience like even awakened it's it became a little bit more hypersensitive to the things like when you see certain things you're like oh lord that is not right and that's the holy spirit working in us it's working through our conscience and continuing to work right um Deep down, sometimes what happens as we hit this condemnation part, we feel like um, God has forgiven us, but for some reason, we're not feeling free. And I'm talking, all these points I'm talking about are straight up from my experience. What I was dealing with, my journaling, and just my journey of faith. And I want to approach this and give you practical examples, right? So our conscience all of a sudden sometimes will go and on the contrary, use or remind us of our previous mistakes, right? So, but we got to be careful. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. I'm going to get to that. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Straight from the scripture, right? Therefore, you can apply the blood to not only to make peace with God, but to make peace with yourself, all right? So, um, it's not the same as forgiving yourself. Let me point that out. But rather, applying His forgiveness to myself, right? Applying the blood will heal your conscience because Jesus covered all of your sins. All of our sins, right? So there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. The Holy Spirit convicts us, right? He does not condemn us. Conviction motivates you to make it right, right? Like if you're in a relationship, we all know this, and uh, somebody screwed up or... Husband or wife, wife offended a husband, husband offended a wife. So, and then you sit there and you're like, oh, man, God, I spoke too early. That started out <laughs> why did I say that? The words are already out there. That's why scripture tells us also to be slow to speak, right? <laughs> but you're sitting there. And so the example of condemnation is like, oh, this is just bad. Condemnation shuts you off, it makes you just want you to go and just go away. And that's what, where devil operates really good. He wants to live in the sense of condemnation. And he presents condemnations as sort of holiness. You are not worthy. You're like, yes, Lord, I'm not worthy. Who says that? All right. So the king of, king of condemnation is Satan. All right. And the king of conviction is the Holy Spirit. Conviction motivates you to make it right. Right. Condemnation makes you isolate yourself and hide. All right third point jesus's blood conquers the accuser all right this is <laughs> just leads right into it devil's out there is continuously like uh, failure nothing but a failure you know maybe it's just me but i i mean i'll be honest with you it's it it's a continuous attack okay he's the accuser of the bread in the scripture tells us right That's what devil's good at (laughs) he's good at condemning and he's good at accusing all right but Jesus's blood conquers that okay so when you find yourself at peace with God and with yourself you may find devil trying to just sneak up from the outside to accuse you of your past mistakes but you did this before you know well you run into somebody in the aisle and you're like oh don't want to see them right and he will try to bring up everything from the past to just to stop your growth. Okay? We're in the season, church. And there's a reason we're, uh, uh, we're getting taught about these things. Because we're warriors. And we're getting ready to go into battle. And we need to be prepared to deal, first of all, with ourselves. Right? And we can understand ourselves. It's like, you know, when they say, so if you understand your body, you will start taking care of it. Same thing with the spiritual realm. When we understand the spiritual realm of who we are in Christ we will receive knowledge how to overcome our flesh it's amazing all right watch this because as god will raise up standard against him when satan messes with you again there's always a way out god is always like ha. but this check this out isaiah 59 19. so next time satan coming at you isaiah 59 19. so shall they fear the name of the lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy comes in like a flood, and he sure does. Come on. He comes in with floods of thoughts. He comes in. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Come on. Let that be your defense. Let that be your defense next like time some, somebody tries to uh, stir up a fight with you. All right? <laughs> the Lord is setting a standard against him. Scripture also tells us, right? It says, don't fight your battles on the own. Let, let God do that for you. we were talking about the sea of victory for the battle belongs to the Lord, right? The battle's already won. Look at this, Revelation 12, um, 12 11. And I again want to remind you, we, do, we quote a lot of this here. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, right? And they did not love their lives to death. So when you become in love with God, full death, right? It makes sense. You overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Not by your own strength. You can work, practice your amazing skills and, hum. I got this. I'm more than the, you know, I'm more than this and that. I mean, Scripture actually tells you you're more than conqueror in Christ, right? But we can't do it on our own strength. So by the blood of Jesus, you've been washed, first point, right? You've been redeemed. You've been sanctified. So do not underestimate the power of the blood of Christ. Amen. Come on, Lord. Help us to continue to understand this. So once you've repented and you're saved, it doesn't matter who you were in the past. It really doesn't. I'm telling you, whether someone was a prostitute, a homosexual, a drug dealer, alcoholic, had an abortion, Jesus already paid all that. He saw it in advance. He saw the fall of the humanity, right? And he has already redeemed you. He saw all of that. I want you to know that if there's going to come into your life and you're like, there's absolutely no one no one can forgive me and you can't forgive yourself it's only possible with the blood of christ it's only possible through the cross and what he did in us amen so the only solution to sin and god already knew that we couldn't do it on our own right so the only solution to uh, to sin problem is the blood of a perfect righteous sacrifice jesus christ all right and the cross deals with my sin right Now we'll shift our focus to the nature of sin. And I want to talk a little bit about that. And it will, at the end, make a lot more sense, right, as we wrap this up. So now we will, um, nature of sin, all humans were born into, this flesh. Um, When we say sin, we're not talking about individual sins. I want to point this out, right? Singular, sin. Or offenses that we commit on a daily basis. It could be somebody snapped and you just, ah, screw you. You said that. I'll just use an example. Maybe you didn't. and. Maybe you did in your head, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter. But that's the nature of sin. Uh, it's when the person inclines uh, a person to. It, it pretty much, it inclines you to do wrong things. Okay. Um, but the cross is the only thing that can kill the flesh. Okay. Can't do it on our own in our own strength. If we did, we would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> Seriously, right? And this is where God comes in. He did not give us power over it because God kills it. Let me clarify that, right? That's the only way you are free from it. Deliverance, for example, removes the demon, but removing a demon doesn't remove the flesh, right? (laughs) We still have to deal with our flesh. And that's where devil attacks us the most. I've said that in the beginning, right? The sinful nature that we inherited through birth um, and the only way to end it is through death. This is why many Christians are like, I can't wait till I die. i no, seriously they're like, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I was fighting this death, you know, fighting the sins. And uh literally, because all problems are with flesh, right? The, the urges and the things like that. However, we don't need to look forward to our death. <laughs> we just need to look back to the one death that mattered the most. That one death, all right? And only through that death, we're able to come alive God is like you don't need to physically die I will send my son for you and so God knew it in advance he knew that we would have issues right with that so Romans 8 uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 6 through 8 we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for the one who has died has been set free from sin. So we're talking about death and the understanding of death being dead with Christ, right? Verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, right? Uh, so Jesus' death was not only, how do I say this? Substitutionary death, right? Meaning like he died for us and allowed his blood to cleanse us, cl- clean our record. Um, it gives us this weapon to fight against our accuser, right? But it was also an inclusive death. And what I mean by that is that our flesh, our old self, also died with him on the cross. Therefore, when you are redeemed by Jesus, you're, you're a new creation now, right? The scripture tells us. The old this nature is done. Here comes the new. That's why it means to be born again. That's why it's so important to be born again. First Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this from God. All this is from him. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay? So... When people say i believe in god that's that's great but this is the key importance here you can believe god all you want but the only way to god is through jesus christ all this is from god who through christ brought reconciliation okay and so oftentimes we're like oh you believe in god that's great oh hallelujah and we just like oh they're believers <laughs> you got to bring him through christ you got to bring him to that door that really where you walk in through the door and you see the riches, that's when the victory comes, that's when all of a sudden our perspective and this world changes and everything that we do, right, and so next time I'm bombarded with some kind of a attack, or any kind of a temptation, I immediately understand that there's a Christ perspective, there's Christ, I, it's no longer me, but Christ who lives in me, hallelujah, I want to give four practical steps, I know we pointed the four, uh, uh, three steps there, but four practical steps in, um, just in our walk with Christ. Number one, I started with this, but talked about knowing. Okay? <laughs> um, you have to know the truth about yourself according to Scripture. Paul says in Romans 6, 3, do you not know, right? this is the importance of knowing who I am, right? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Into His death, right? So... Many Christians do not know that, believe it or not. And growing up, for a long time, I just, I'm like, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah I read that. Great. But I really fully never understood that. But When we become into understanding, <laughs> oh, that's where, this is where stuff begins to happen. All right? So you're probably asking, if it really died, then why doesn't it stop bothering me? Any of you ask that question? Yeah. It's because we need to know the truth, okay? And I'll explain. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'll give an example that will be, a, I think, will help you understand better. You can have soap in your drawer, or it could be in the shelf in your garage. <laughs> but if you don't apply it, it won't work, right? Oh, I have soap. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I know, I, I know Bible, but if I don't apply the word of God in me, to myself and my actions, it doesn't work, right? Knowing is not enough. I like this, John, John, uh, Johann Wolfgang said, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. It's all about action, right? So if you don't know the real significance of the blood of Christ, we will continue to live in guilt and shame. And so today, my prayer is that, Lord, help me understand this. Help me understand what your sacrifice did for me. Because the more I put on Christ in my life, the more I will understand myself. And the more victory I will have in everyday life. It's all through Christ. Amen? So, I, I would highly recommend us, to, uh, just if, on your own time, whatever, read Book of Romans. It does such a good job. You may have noticed there was a lot of scripture from Romans. But Book of Romans really... Uh, helps you understand just that it's a nature versus, you know, your, your sin, nature, flesh, battle going on. So anyways, and then when you're reading, by the way, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, help me re- reveal something to me. And before you say, um, I need to remove this from my life or I need to be more disciplined. Lord, I'm going in New Year. I want to have more self-control. Um, I need to change my attitude. I need to limit my time on social media. Those are all good. And those are necessary to do. Um, But you need to know the real solution. And check this out. Pay attention. Galatians 2.20. Watch this. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. This is talking about understanding, right? Knowing that Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Amen. So crucified with Christ. Knowing that I'm crucified with Christ. These are the practical steps. Point number two. Consider yourself dead. (laughs) I said dead man. (laughs) Romans chapter 6 verse 11. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin. Consider yourself. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now that we know that we're crucified with Jesus. We have to consider ourselves we be, we need to start change, changing the way we look at ourselves. In other words, does that make sense? <laughs> Devil was like, "No, you're not. You're that same old this big." he's like, "No. <laughs> consider yourself right." So, number two, consider yourself dead to sin and alive in God. Right. So, and let me point out, I'm not talking about New Age where practice. If you think, you will be it. Uh, you will be it if you think it. Any of you heard that? (laughs) Um, There's no groundwork for that practice, by the way. This is like saying, I'm a bird, and if I think long enough, I'm a bird. I'll become a bird, right? (laughs) So, that will never happen. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, there's there's two sexes. It doesn't matter how much they do, and the people can change their appearance and everything, but in the blood and the DNA, there's only two, right? (laughs) It doesn't matter. So, but the new age is like you can become whatever you think it is but devil doesn't create anything he actually takes the word of god and he distorts it so and the reasoning because i'll tell you just coming up (laughs) so um because a new age let me point out there's no blood there's no cross there's no death there's no remission and so it doesn't matter how much you try and how much uh counseling you'll get uh how much drugs you will take right you it you literally cannot overcome the issue of sin (laughs) that is only up to god to do so anyways new age this is not new age what we're talking about right because nowadays it's people are just like it's all about your will and your strength (laughs) and every time i look at that i'm like trust me i think i'm disciplined (laughs) i can't do it (laughs) no amount of meditation or whatever you'll do because the sin needs to be dealt with only through the blood of Christ. Amen? And understanding the power and significance of it. Amen? Yeah. The truth is, he died, rose again, I believe it, and now I consider who I am in him. That's the think it part I'm talking about, right? That's the biblical perspective. And in the New Ages, they took an idea. They're like, oh, yeah, you think it. No. <laughs> he died, he rose again, and you believe it. You're just knowing, right? Um... The Bible teaches us that once we know this fact about Jesus, it should become our reality. All right? Amen. Contrary to New Age, <laughs> teaches us random thought will somehow create your reality. Your thoughts will not create reality. <laughs> your thoughts take you to a, a, crazy places <laughs> if you let them roam in your mind, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's not how it works. I'm a dead man, meaning I'm a dead man to, to sin, and I'm alive for Christ. All right. Third point, present yourself, okay? Romans chapter 6 verse 13 says, Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instrument for righteousness. Presenting yourself to the Lord means surrendering your body to him so that he could use it for his purpose and his glory, Right? It's like, so next time you're praying, say, Lord, I offer up my hands, my mouth, my eyes, my ears to you. And do this prayer of declaration because faith comes from hearing. It really has been well helping me out. I literally almost every day begin doing that. Every morning that I wake up, I go to the shower and I say, Lord, I present my body to you. Lord, I present my eyes, my ears, everything I hear or whatever I look at, you know, I give it all to you. It's a really incredible thing because you're inviting. It's because Scripture tells us, right, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, right? Amen. Yeah. So St. Augustine one time, he was walking by, and he walked by a woman who used to be intimately involved with, and she's like, hey, you, know, do you remember me? And, and he turns around and he says, that man is no longer alive. <laughs> right? Just, i just give you an example of, a, of that. Um, this process of strength, I should say, does not start with your surrender. It actually starts to death to the flesh, right? It starts with death to flesh. So first, know the truth. Consider who you are in Him. Surrender or present your body to Him. And my last point is walk by the Spirit because that is very, very important aspect because this is what um, gives us the continue, um, consistency is walking by the Spirit. So you can do all those things. But if you're not letting the Holy Spirit guide you, you will go back to square one. All right? Again, walking by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and what? And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. <laughs> if I allow my thoughts more to be dealt on the things of the world, guess what? It's, it's, no, it's a, no bueno. It's a, it's, a, it's a given that my thoughts are going to be there, right? If I'm consistently. Uh, looking at something, I'm going to keep thinking about those. So what do we do, right? So the more I dwell on his word and understanding of who God said I am in him, guess what? That gives you the victory, right? I say then walk in the spirit. That means you're walking in the spirit and it gives you ability not to be overcome with fleshly desires and things like that, right? So When we were born in the flesh, the flesh lived and dwelled inside of us. And if you're interested, in Romans chapter 7, uh, verse 17 and 20, it talks about it very thoroughly. I'm not going to get there right now. Um, In other words, we carry our sinful nature from Adam due to being born of Adam, right? And um, Adam was made from dust. And he started the human race. That's where it began, right? However, when Jesus came, he ends Adam's race right, in humanity, and started a brand new race, all right, those who are born of Christ, it's no longer if you're Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter if you're Russian, Ukrainian, American, Hispanic, whatever, doesn't matter, there is literally a a, a Christian faith, literally, that's who we are in Christ, right, that's a new race of believers, and so, and that's the thing, the key thing, Uh, when you actually look at when somebody says, oh, that racism exists. The thing is, it's actually sin. The root is sin. Because the moment you put on Christ, you don't. <laughs> it's a brother and sister in Christ, brother and sister in Christ. Yes. Color don't matter. Our ethnicity don't matter. <laughs> it's amazing. So when we are walking by the Spirit, we're not falling for these traps that the enemy consistently tries to set up. <laughs> he looks different. Oh, he's a knucklehead. This, like that, and you're catching these thoughts because your spirit guides you step by step, right? And always, I'm acknowledging Lord. <laughs> so you remember those uh, things? The WWJD? What would Jesus do, right? It's a good thing. <laughs> it's good to remind ourselves what would Jesus do. But we already know. God already God has given us the knowledge what Christ has done, right? And so when we accept Him. We don't need to worry too much. How do I operate this? How do I do this? Jesus is like surrendered me. That's it. It's amazing. All right. So walking by the spirit. Look at this. First Corinthians chapter 15, 45 through 47. And so it is written. The first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. So we're talking about Adam was first. That was the natural. And then the spiritual came. All right. 47. The first man was of the earth. That's Adam. Made out of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. (laughs) Right. He wasn't wasn't conceived by a man. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Right. And so he did not carry the sinful nature. But he entered into the sinful nature. So God did everything he could. And he made sure. He comes into our humanity. The living God dwells among us and says, you can do this. You can do what you are more than conqueror Christ. When you put, put on Christ, you begin living what, how Christ lived. Does that make sense? So, but because he was, uh, and the Bible also tells that he was the last Adam, right? So he restarted, uh, how do I say this? Restarted the humanity. He literally did. All right, so. Those who are born of Adam receive the flesh upon birth, but those who are born of Jesus Christ receive the Holy Spirit when they receive salvation uh, in new life. This is why every believer who takes on Christ, he has a living spirit living in you. Okay, we have Christ living in us, that spirit that dwells within us. Amen? So, although we know it's easy to sin, we often overestimate how easy it is to walk in holiness. Our society tells us that it's not possible, and they'll bombard us, that's true, with all sorts of information, and everything like that, but it really is not that complicated when we stop trying to do it on our own strength. That's the key thing. If you actually observe going back, and I remember when I'm sitting this and just going back, because this is, again, a lot of the stuff is from my journal, and my journey of faith, I'm like, Lord, what is going on? How come I couldn't? What did I do, what did I do wrong? <laughs> And then I continuously said, the Lord is like, you keep saying you. I did this. I did that. You can't can't do it on your own strength, Vic. You can't do it. You got to put your trust in Him. I understand what you're going through. But if you put on Christ and you begin to understand how I see you, Vic, that I don't see you as this old, weird, just can't make it. I see you as a more than a conqueror in Christ. And that's what Christ is telling you today. So, if you've been here and you've struggled for some sin for 20 years plus, whatever, 40 years, it doesn't matter. Knowing, understanding who Christ is in you will make the night and day difference, right? We let go. We like God. <laughs> That's it. All right. Let me just summarize real quick. So, the message of gospel is simple. Jesus died for our sins, right? And our sins died with him on the cross, all right? The cross did not only break the curse of this uh, sin, a sinful nature of humanity, but it broke the nature of sin within us. Understand this. It broke that thing that you think of right now that you know that you're struggling with. God has broken that already. It's time to start understanding that. So God, just say your thought on whatever that's bothering you in your life right now. God has broken that. God has broken that. You can't do it on own, but he has broken it already. Amen? So, there's no amount of, again, self-discipline, positive thinking, therapy sessions, or medicine that deals the problem with sin. Only God, only Christ, amen? So, stop waiting for death in order for you to be set free from this flesh, right? Start trusting His, that death, that did it all, amen? His blood has already washed your sins, and His cross already freed you from your sin. So under Adam, though, we kept trying to, you know, suppress the desire of our sin. But in Christ, his blood has already washed us clean. So next time you find yourself giving into urges, um, remember, Jesus not only paid for your sins, he also included you in his death. I never for some reason thought about that, but that thought itself really unlocked it for me. Jesus not only paid for my sins, he also included me in his death. That means those things, every sin that could possibly exist in this nature, he has done it. That means that sin that is bothering you for many years, he has done it. And today, I I pray that the revelation of God just come through and help you understand that. That means I am also, that sin was buried with him. Come on. And I'm raised to life. This is why, as believers, we have two ordinances, right? We do communion, which we're going to partake together right now. And then we do water baptism, because that's what identifies us in Christ's death and resurrection into new life, right? Yeah. We're seated in heavenly realms. That's what happens, okay? So, First John, two scriptures that are just amazing. Uh, I'm going to land it with this. First John 5, 4 through 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world... This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. <laughs> we've given, we've been given the keys. We got the keys. We got the keys to the sin problem we fit because of the keys. Jesus took these keys, right? He brought them. He, he took them because he died. And he came to life, right? So we got the keys. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Yet all these things, we are more than conquerors through, not us, through him. Again, through him only. Let's stand together. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.